Bites and Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Bites Podcast. Tights and Bites. Can you pop my cast? Can you pop my wrestling cast? Will you pop my wrestling cast? If you do, maybe they will last. Welcome to Tights and Fights. The show discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm almost a super Hal, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the nation of conversation. A poudster, a poudster, she turned into a poudster. Danielle Radford. Uh, sometimes I wish that people were here to hear our conversations before this started. It would make me really happy. You know what? Let them figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Someday we'll release the the Rosetta Stone of Fights and Fights and you'll know everything. We're also joined by Lynn's EMD, Lindsay Kelk. Hello. Hello. The closest I will ever get to a doctorate. So that's great. Can we get a can we get a body temperature reading right now? I do wanna I do wanna reveal because you worked I'm out so right warm. before and then you took a shower, but now you're visibly yeah. I can tell that it's hot where you are. <laughs> my uh, current heart rate is still 92. So my resting oh heart boy. rate is usually around 62. So we're real warm. We're real warm over here. Uh, shout what? out to all of our listeners that joined me on Cody's 30-minute pop ride at 4.30 p.m. You bastards. Oh, Cody's doing rides now? Cody's doing rides, yeah. It's, it's, it? <laughs> I wish it was Ooh. that Cody. He would do it. Bike? He would do it as well. <laughs> I fully expect to just turn my Peloton on one day and it to just be full of the All Elite roster. Like, that's all it will be. And there'll be no explanation for it. It will just be like the Dark Order taking the boot camp rides. It will be, that's all it will be. Uh, they'll say, if you want to understand why this is happening, go to our YouTube <laughs> and watch Peloton Dark. <laughs> all right. Get ready. Your pulse is about to quicken even more because we're going to dedicate a lot of this show to Daniel Bryan. But first, we have to talk about someone who actually played a big role in Daniel's career, which is Bray Wyatt, who was recently granted his release from WWE, given his release. I've seen a few different things. One is Mickey James getting real upset and saying WWE sucks, and that's why Bray Wyatt's gone. And then I've also seen people say this was something he requested. Uh, yeah, uh, Ronda Rousey was like, the fans suck, and that's why Bray Wyatt's gone, because she keeps talking and no one tells her to stop ever. Uh, someone should. Is she wrong? I, I you can't blame like the fans for someone being released. The fans but... are right up in their feelings on this one, aren't they? And I count myself amongst fans, but I, sure. I don't know the last time, given how many people we've seen released lately and how many active roster participants and how many fantastic wrestlers we've seen let go, it kind of shocked me at the outpouring of vitriol over this because also we really don't know compared to a lot of the other releases. All the other releases came at the same time or they came in batches and it was very much clear what was happening we don't yeah. know like he's been out since april with we understand mental health issues and or taking care of his mental health which obviously is super important and amazing that he could do that for himself for real but to see the wild speculation and the anger and the vicious attacks and everyone just immediately saying like you fucked this wwe you fucked up so bad like we don't know what if he just was like i can't go back and do it anymore and they said yeah well you've been gone six months maybe take a time out take a longer time out like figure it you know figure yourself out we don't know i'm speculating now we really don't know 
he's a polarizing figure in modern wrestling fandom mm. in in that undeniably he was he was over the fireflies took off yep. and it was a great character he, he he'll always i always remember him in WWE and I'm sure wherever he goes for being 100% committed to whatever his character was and I think that helped carry something that is such an odd puzzle piece to fit in yeah i mean if you if you have the fiend and it's 1993 or 94, then you're looking at another Undertaker. They say we're coming, but nah, we've been here all along. Follow the buzzers! <laughs> People talk about the Undertaker still works. He can show up in the, in the hat and the outfit with the lightning strikes and people are still into it. But also, that character has been around for 27 years, 29, 30, almost 30 years. I guess 30 Nuts. years now. Yeah. And the more. other thing that people don't ever acknowledge about Whoa, the Undertaker. where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> is, we is got, it soul we're talking, to soul? We're talking what Bray Wyatt. Y'all know how my soul comes into the into things with Bray Wyatt. Like The <laughs> other thing people don't talk about is that Mark Mark Calloway, is that, that his last yeah. name? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He was already a guy who they very much were like, we need to find a role for how this guy is going to, like, we know he's great, but what is the setting that we need to showcase his greatness in? Bray Wyatt was just a guy who they were essentially ready to throw away. I mean, he was Husky Harris, an entirely forgettable member of the mm-hmm. of the of the Nexus. We that won't they have were just any Husky Harris do- slander, Julian. No Husky Harris slander on our name. podcast. The greatest he's, name. He's, he did his thing. Um, but that, like, I think that that's the context people miss when they say Bray Wyatt was this generation's undertaker is like, is where, where they were in their careers as they were doing this sort of thing. One of them was already a golden boy, whereas the other one kind of had to prove himself, I think is the right. point that you're trying to make. Yeah. Right. That, I that is true. I think he did though. There was so much, there was so much narrative structure on Twitter. I'm in my words today. Uh, but there was a lot of narrative building around people saying like, they fucked it with him. They never figured it out. They never figured it out. He was never as good as he should have been. And I'm like, I don't know what you were watching, but I have been watching this guy routinely get himself over and be given huge opportunities and never miss. Like, I mm. think there, there was booking errors yeah totally like i think he should have beaten john cena at wrestlemania 30 but like the next night we got john cena sucks out of it at raw so win-win in my in my eyes that really threw me that really really threw me when people were like oh they never knew what to do with him and he was amazing and i'm like he was champion a bunch of times he was over as a face i've been in the crowd when he was a face champion and he was so loved and the crowd went nuts for him he was over as a heel in the wyatt family he was over as a heel as the fiend he was just always over and i think if this is the end if for whatever reason he doesn't ever go anywhere i still think he had an amazing career he could disappear and walk through the door five years from today and we would all be ecstatic to see him right yeah 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 i think i think he nailed it i would add that if it wasn't for Bray Wyatt, and I, I get that it was his idea, but if you try to put that on almost anybody else in the world, there's no way. He took that, he took both personas way farther than either of them ever should have been able to go because he debuted in, in 2013, which is not a time we were already way past. You know, The Undertaker gets a pass for life because he's been around for so long. Yeah. That character's been established and changed a bunch. Mm. So now when he when he does the supernatural stuff, it's a it's a nostalgia act. 
It is a return to something that we remember as opposed to, I want to believe again. Yeah, this, <laughs> this guy puts on a mask and becomes invincible. And really, there's nowhere else that that character had uh, wouldn't have appeared to have many other places to go. It, like th- that character had peaked and come down and then yeah. now Alexa kind of carries the torch. But even with her, I'm kind of ready for like it's maybe it's time for that to go away. Well, and if it would have been, you know, if it would have stayed on Bray, I would have believed that there would have been an evolution that he would have carried that would have worked on Alexa. I think mm-hmm. that I don't know what they do because this wasn't her idea. This wasn't something that came from her. I do believe that she is a fantastic performer and I'm not trying to take anything away from her, but yes. this was not an idea that germinated from her. And so it's really hard to come in on this was essentially act two of what could have been who knows how many different iterations of this character and she wasn't there for act one and she was there for this and so you know like just meaning like she wasn't a part of it then who knows where it's going to go from here i think on alexa you just wind up dropping the gimmick whereas with bray he would have had it evolve into something completely new and different that we hadn't seen yet because we hadn't seen the fiend before you know bray made me care about a rabbit puppet in in a in a fun house yeah he had the firefly fun house match how can you say that he didn't have an iconic career to date and then look at the john cena wrestlemania match and be like oh my god one of the greatest wrestlemania matches of all time one of the greatest of all time and probably the only one out of this entire pandemic that any of us is going to go back and watch let's be super real like we're all going to want to kind of forget this era it was awkward it was clunky they did the best they could and we all got through it together holding hands and coughing all over each other but that match was one match that you you pluck that out of this and it only happens because of this but it is timeless. You can watch it at any time and it still holds up. It's still amazing. And it's the kind of risk that you wish that they didn't have to wait until there was a pandemic for them to take, you know? Ruthless aggression! Oh, John. I am literally living your biggest failure right now. I'm not gonna lie. It's sad. <laughs> I guess I can see why you almost got fired, right? Ruthless <laughs> aggression! <laughs> You can laugh, but you can't touch. <laughs> and that's 100% Bray Wyatt. And you could even, like, God, this, that, I, I went back and watched that SummerSlam where The Fiend debuted for the first time. I still just, fuck it, yeah. chills every single time. So it's good. just like, it would have been so easy for him to just say, I want to be completely repackaged in every single way. I want to, like, let's ditch the swamp stuff. But he actually thought, let's build upon and, and take the failures of things that didn't quite work and let's see what I can turn that into when I kind of like, you know, yeah. develop this dual personality version of the character. And the crowd was totally into it. I could not believe how everybody was just like, like they were willing to forgive and forget. Like all of those problems went away when, and they totally thought that Bray could kill anyone when he was the fiend. It was fantastic. I mean, it was a sweater that sold it for me. That man committed, he committed (laughs) to some knitwear and I'm like, this is a man who believes in what he's doing. It's warm in that jumper, wrestled in that jumper a bunch of times. He really filled out that fucking sweater too, am I right? (laughs) Yes, he did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ow. It was definitely a poly blend. It was not a natural fiber, so he was definitely warm. Uh, But I I, I just really appreciated knitwear on my screen. Made me feel good. The next natural step for him once his 90-day no-compete is up, assuming that's that's the deal he got, the standard deal, is that he would show up in AEW. Look, he, he should do whatever makes him happy. Yes. 
Part of me hopes, mm. part of me thinks, oh, wouldn't it be nice if you had enough money to just retire? I firmly believe that AEW, much like they did without, with Matt Hardy, would commit to the gimmick for about 30 seconds and then be like, oh, we're going to create our own new thing. You're going to be repackaged as as millionaire Bray Wyatt. <laughs> They've also got a bunch of stuff right now. They just signed Malachi. Uh, they they have a they have a very heavy roster right now. It feels like, and adding to the pile on, I'm like, where does he fit in? And there's no doubt he's an incredible talent, but it's like, where does he fit as a as a full time active roster guy on AEW? Where does he go? Um, it, that's my that's somewhere I did not expect to be with AEW mm. this at this far into their existence to be like, where are you gonna put all these people that you're signing? You be on that new show Rumble. What are they calling it? Rumble. Rampage. <laughs> Rampage. Like the film with the gorilla. Uh, yes, like the film oh, with the gorilla. Yeah. The gorilla. Yeah. I love gorillas so much. <laughs> you would love that movie. Oh, then it's real. I big. love. Uh, uh, every, anybody yeah. who supported us during Max Fun Drive knows how much I love <laughs> gorillas. That I get make them wear my championship belt. True story. They are uh, an important part of my life, but. You know what's an important part of any WWE superstar's life is the legal process because you have to <laughs> sign a contract if you're going to have a match. And we just learned, and Danielle, I I, I want to sort of lay out what happened, and then you're you're an expert legal analyst. Sure. I want you to tell us how it works uh, from a legal perspective. Mm-hmm. So let's say Lindsay and I are going to sign a contract to uh, to engage in some business endeavor, business, and then business, Julian. Business? Yes, Julian comes in and knocks me out, and he is going to sign it. Then he will be engaged in a business endeavor with Lindsay, but then you come in and beat up Julian, and you sign it, and then we know that you are going to be engaged in business. I assume the WWE just leaves all of the name parts of the contract blank and you'll mm. just you just sign the bottom of it where it says performer cuz like when you go if you look at a contract underneath every blank cuz there'll be blanks for you to put in your name cuz a lot of these are like piecemeal things so you will yeah. sign, you you will put your own name in in different places it's and it'll just say point. yeah like wrestler so I assume that they don't have anyone who bothered like they at one point they probably had someone who bothered to but I imagine their whiteout budget just got to be too ridiculous <laughs> and so right. they wound up having to just say, look, just put performer underneath, leave that part blank. And then anyone who wants to can just fill in their name. That is not the way that contracts work. There are a mm. lot of lawyers involved. Um, you can't actually just hit someone in the face and say, this is my contract now. If so, I'm going to go and run up on Frito-Lay and free all their workers tomorrow and just be like, these are my contracts now. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Hit them all with belts. And then all their workers are going to be fine. Like if we can just go do that, then that's going to be something that I go do. I'm going to go and and anytime someone signs a, a lease for a new Tesla, I'm just going to hit them in the face after they pay and be like, it's my Tesla now. I signed the contract. Um, so Yeah, I, I, I think from my experience that's what's known as prison rules right it's like i I'm, mm. I'm the captain now it's like i hit you i'm the captain King of the hill. like yeah. it's not <laughs> i've i've engaged in many contracts i've engaged in much business in my time and never once business, business, business. has someone come up from behind i mean their music never went off either which was the real giveaway but mm. no one's ever come up and hit me in the back of the head with a with a belt and just taken my contract which seems really foolish because it would be such an easy way to get some money like i would do that yeah, I, I had a dumb? contract. <laughs> well, yes, okay. I had a contract sent to me recently, and it was my name, but it had the wrong address, so I had to send it back and have it corrected because I was afraid something was going to be wrong. Little did I know 
that what probably happened was that legally I had knocked out whoever's address that was, and yep, now it yeah. was my contract. And you own that house now. Yes. If if you don't know what we're talking about, this is from SmackDown, where Finn Balor was going to sign a contract to take on Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Then Baron Corbin knocks him out, and we think for a moment, Sad Baron is going to finally have. Did we his think moment. that? No. I wasn't but even meant about to think. that. I was like, you know what? I feel like if he just sat down with Finn, Finn's a really nice guy. I think Finn would have been like, you know what? You have this one. He should have asked and then just come out as Finn and just did the dick point and everything. Yeah. I think he, <laughs> he didn't he didn't go the right way around it with Finn. It's it's not on. It's not on. Well, unfortunately for Baron, John Cena showed up to take him out behind the cigar lounge and then claim the contract for himself. So we are now locked into Cena versus Reigns at SummerSlam. Sure. I'm excited. I feel like we've all forgotten, not we all, but I think collectively, a lot of fans didn't want to acknowledge that John Cena had good matches in the first place. Sorry, he did. He had a lot of good matches. Like, more enough that that you can't just say it was who he was with every time. He has a li- it's not about the limited move set. Like there are guys with a million moves, and I feel nothing watching them wrestle because yeah. they're not telling a good story. He tells a very good story, and just has fewer moves. Mm-hmm. He makes you care about him, whether one way or yeah. the other. You care about him, and that's wrestling. It's like you love him or you hate him, but no one is indifferent to John Cena. And it's a great, assuming that they're going to give Reigns the win. It does. It would feel weird for them to take the belt off of him with this guy at this point, though. Who knows? It's a real good feather in his cap. Only the second, it would be only a second win over Cena. A second time they've really faced each other singles. Mm-hmm. And it's just a guy at the top of his powers. Just, I could put over, could put over anything he does any given week, but it would be like a broken record. He's just so good. He's so good. He was. I did think Cena was fantastic at the top of the show as well. I thought he was very, yeah. very good. Uh, and I, I, I also think if you find someone who can make missionary position exciting for 20 years, hang on to him. <laughs> like, oh, John, I've seen Tote Steve's and Tote Spells. I know how horny you two were. So Yeah, you're doing something right. <laughs> right? I was like, oh, you, think, you, you don't think ceiling. that about John Cena. This is it. You don't think that about John Cena until you watch that one episode where Nikki said he had mirrors on the ceiling of his bus. And you're like, oh, my Oh my. He just likes to watch his performance. It's like when you watch yourself do a pump in the mirror because you want to make sure that you have good form. He just wants to make sure his missionary is in good form. And kudos to you, sir. Good work. That's right. Never stop working on your craft. Now that we've gotten to all of that, let's give one corner of the wrestling world some extra attention, shall we? This is our main event. WWE Dynamite. Live, pal. I feel almost certain there's some Baron Corbin that could be added into that too. It's like I banged the can <laughs> on the ground to open it. You wouldn't get away I with still, that in the cigar room. I, uh, sorry, I was going to go right into the main event, but then while we were taking a brief break, I looked on Twitter and saw something oh, no. Julian had posted from AEW and oh, just... Oh, God. It's fucking gross. It's not... 2000 and it wasn't okay then but everybody like we all know better we all know better and we act better we hope that we act better so well, i haven't sh- seen it yet should i look oh at it? i just opened twitter and i don't think you should it's no. not gonna well, make no. you feel good 
No. Is it on Tights and Fights or on Julian's yeah, Twitter? Julian Tights posted and it on Tights and Fights, and uh, they're trash. They're, this is the same guy that made the period jokes, right? That was like, "Oh, you're on your mount, yeah. you're on your period," ha <laughs> ha and it's like, but <sighs> it's a real bad look. Nope, nope, not looking at that. You know, there's heel heat, and then there's just I fucking hate you heat, and uh, tight, tight, yeah, tight, tight. Congrats. Let's let's go. <laughs> let's move on to something joyous, shall we? Yes. Yes. As we await the next step of Daniel Bryan Danielson's career, let's take a look back on his journey from 2013 to 2014, when he went from understated grappler with a fun catchphrase all the way to the main event of WrestleMania. Now, this actually starts, I know the real story kicks in at SummerSlam 2013, but it really started at that year's WrestleMania. That year's WrestleMania was the one where he lost the title to Alberto Del Rio in like two seconds, right? Or was it, uh, no, Sheamus. Hmm. No, this would have been, damn, I need to get, I need to actually check that. Hold on. Mark Math. Mark Math. Okay, so this was, this is actually, so that year's WrestleMania was 29 where he was still with Team Hell No. No, uh, And he just had a defense against um, (laughs) Big E was still paired with Dolph Ziggler. Um, So they defended the titles against them, but it was the year before that when Thank you. the first time yes chance started happening and he came out and then losing in 16 seconds and everybody's like what the fuck what yes the fuck? that was the that was the start that was the start it was 2012 my mistake when he took that l to sheamus in like 16 seconds and look at all the yeses in the uh ww universe here at ringside <laughs> well that's what it's all about that goal the world heavyweight and of course, paying homage to the uh, well, the statement that Daniel Bryan makes it every time he wins a matchup. That was like he sort of had pity and became a more sympathetic character. Then he was still a heel. We had Team Hell No. That kind of made him a face again. But by SummerSlam of 2013, he was full-fledged face and had his match with John Cena for the WWE Championship, which he then won. But Randy Orton cashed in. Triple H, who had been the special guest referee, gives him the pedigree. And we, that really kicks off the, the yes movement. Oh, my God, no. Oh, my God, no. Hunter, what are you doing? Ring the bell. Ring it. Hunter, what are you doing? This matchup's underway. Bryant's out cold. Randy Orton. Randy Orton has cashed in money in the bank. What did you think of Daniel Bryan at, at this point? was very casual when I came back. Like I told, I've said that I've come back from pipe bomb. I was very right. casual until Daniel Bryan, which was what made me become hardcore again. Um, Daniel Bryan is the reason why I got super, like I, I came back for pipe bomb and I was a CM punk girl, but I was still casual at that point. And then Daniel Bryan was what made me be like, I have to watch this every week from now on all like, I can't like miss an episode. Like this is where I'm at. So this is when I like fully came like full fledged hardcore back into my markdom. Yeah, same. I think as as a fellow CM Punk girl, it, for me, it felt like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan were like peanut butter and chocolate. Like they just went together for fans. And it was a really great time when you had multiple people who you could really root for, who you really believed mm. in. Uh, and Daniel Bryan from, I think, yeah, from that point on, from that SummerSlam, like he became this fantastic unifying experience for wrestlers. And I think that's where it started to crest, right? When we all loved him. Like, no one didn't like Daniel Bryan. Plenty of people, I'm sure, didn't like punk. Plenty of people were like, he's an earth all. But 
everyone liked Daniel Bryan. Everyone was rooting for Daniel Bryan. And if he doesn't come back as Daniel Bryan Danielson, I will like I will need to speak to someone because that's the greatest name of all time. I just want to yeah. that. <laughs> Daniel Bryan Danielson, yeah, it, DVD. It's weird going back to that point because I had come back into wrestling right at WrestleMania 30. So I had to go back. I've subsequently gone back and and watched most of, if not all of, of that run. And it's that is a, that is a real inflection point. It's weird to think of a story that starts at SummerSlam and doesn't end until the following WrestleMania. We don't get mm. that as much anymore. And it is a really well told the number of times he gets smacked down. You have to take people to the point where they just they they want it, they want it, they want it, then they're convinced it's never going to happen, then you give it to them. Yeah. Otherwise, like what are we all doing here? Right. And honestly, I don't know if we have the patience for that kind of story anymore. And I don't know if they have the patience to tell that kind of story anymore. Yeah. And so much of it was organic. I think that plays into it, too. It's like it it wasn't the plan or at least, you know, we don't believe it was the plan. Mm -hmm. And I think this kind of storytelling only falls into place with a certain amount of serendipity where something does have to come that you weren't necessarily expecting that helped it be so long-term and got so much emotional engagement because if they just said he's our guy let's go with this story would we have cared that much like i i don't know i don't know right yeah uh this was the debut by the way this match was the debut of the running knee as a finisher which never got a name jbl would call it the knee that took out cena but it's not catchy is it that's a lot of name yeah you're not putting that on a t-shirt that's kind of the daniel bryan way he's not a frills guy He's like a grungy, filthy wrestler whose stuff doesn't have particularly cool names. There was a, a wrestling blog that I used to read constantly that always called it the TKTTOC. <laughs> it's too much. It's too many letters. That's too many it's letters too for me. I don't it's like a it. Lot of letters. I, we all say <laughs> no to that. It's the movie Stole from Kenta, too. That was the second, uh, speaking of CM Punk, yeah, the second speaking... WWE move that got stolen. Speaking of, like... Kenta, Kenta wants CM Punk. We saw that on Twitter, right? Kenta wants CM Punk. I'm oh, like, I'm so down for it. You're not getting all your moves back, buddy. No. <laughs> but he could I know you want to go. And... So that might be fun. <laughs> like... He could go on. Yeah, really. Anyway, that is what started the story. But we've got so many twists and turns to cover. So if you have any thoughts on Daniel Bryan's Yes Movement, find us on the social channels, which we include in our show notes. When we come back, we've got the rest of the road to WrestleMania 30. That's up next on Tights and Fights. The podcast that killed Cena. It's been a while since we did that one. I know, I missed it. (laughs) (laughs) It has been a while. Oh my gosh. This week's episode is sponsored by Soylent. I think I speak for all of us. I know I speak for myself when I say that finding the time to cook a meal and prepare a meal is not always the easiest thing. And thankfully, we have something like Soylent, which not only tastes good, but can replace those meals that during a day you may not be able to take time to prepare yourself. You need a quick breakfast. You need a quick lunch. Soylent is there for you. Yeah, I'm really bad about actually remembering to eat. Um, (laughs) I can be really bad about remembering breakfast. And so it's really handy for me to have like just throw in one of the Soylent bottles or something. I keep those on Mm me so that I can just have those at the ready. I really like the protein because I like getting in my extra protein. It's creamy. It's plant-based. It's high protein. It's got 30 grams of complete plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, and 
zero grams total sugars. It's really good, especially, you know, when I'm getting pumped, getting ripped for the summer and I forget to grab something to eat, I can just grab one of those complete proteins and I feel satisfied until I can actually be an adult and make my next meal like a human person does. Absolutely. What happens when you don't take the time when you start skipping meals is you start replacing them with things that are not very healthy. You do things like Pop-Tarts, you go to the drive-thru, you do things that are more convenient and you think the convenience uh, is, I just need to get something in my system. With Soylent, you're actually putting something good in your system that tastes good rather than filling up on calories that are terrible for you and you might not feel so great afterwards physically. I like the complete protein because it's plant-based, which I don't have enough plant-based food in my life. It's high protein nutrition. It's filled with omega-3 healthy fats, which is very good for my heart and my cholesterol. So Plus it helps you get ripped for the summer. Get get ripped. Ripped. <laughs> they have a lot of different products that that can help you in those times where you're not able to prepare a meal for yourselves. When you're on the go, grab a Soylent, whether it's a complete protein, complete energy, Soylent squared, or the complete meal. They have you covered in a healthy way that will actually make you feel good and is super convenient, more convenient than the time it takes to order a drive through or go somewhere real quick, quote unquote. Yeah, it's definitely better than anything that you call a nugget. No nugs here. No nugs, <laughs> just nutrition. Thank you, Soylent. So if you are looking to get pumped for the summer or find a convenient, nutritious meal replacement, you can go to Soylent.com slash tights. That's Soylent.com forward slash tights to get 20% off your first order. Hi, I'm Annabelle Gerwich. And I'm Laura House. And we're the hosts of Tiny Victories. My tiny victory is that I sewed that button back on the day after it broke. We talk about that little thing that you did that's a big deal to you, but nobody else cares. Did you get that Guggenheim Genius Award? We don't want to hear from you. We want little bitty tiny victories. My tiny victory is a tattoo that I added onto this past weekend. Let's talk about it. My victory is that I'm one year cancer free, but my tiny victory is that I took all of the cushions off the couch, pounded them out, put them back, And it looks so great. So if you're like us and you want to celebrate the tiny achievements of ordinary people, listen to Tiny Victories. It's on every Monday on Maximum Fun. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Bites. Welcome back to Ties and Bites. I'm Hal Lublin and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And Lindsay Kelk. Let's get back to the story of Daniel Bryan. He would win and lose the title, constantly getting screwed over by the authority. But he would eventually be moved out of the championship picture to a feud with the Wyatt family and others. The time he was heel and part of the Wyatt family briefly was a very cool time, specifically when he turned on them and locked Wyatt in the cage and then beat him up and the crowd went insane. He takes off the... the, uh, Four Seasons Total Landscaping onesie, <laughs> and he's got his wrestling gear on, underneath, uh, and we get Daniel Bryan back. I mean, if you watch Total Divas or Total Bellas, you will know that Daniel Bryan is a heel, uh, is naturally a heel. So this was this was a good fit for him because he is both a bully and he will not allow his wife to buy pre-cut pineapple. He will not allow his pregnant wife to buy pre-cut pineapple. So the heel 
worked for me. The heel run worked because it's like this is this is who he is. This is actually who he is. Yeah, he's a little bit of a scrappy shit talker. He's a little bit yeah. of a like loves yeah. making his wife feel dumb. Like it's his it's his I mean not as much as he likes making his sister-in-law feel dumb, but it is still one of his favorite <laughs> hobbies. Yeah. Hey, uh, watch his dinner for three and watch him just bully Ryback Oh my for an god, hour. it's brutal. Oh, it's, it's the brutal. best thing in the world. Oh, <laughs> and god. I'm not saying he's wrong, but I'm just saying he oh, is it not hurts. pretending it, at that point. All the gloves are off. Do you know what you need to do is you need to think positively about it. That's what I'm doing, Dan. I've, yeah. I've created How a vision How long have you been doing it, though? Uh, uh, towards the Intercontinental title. Uh, you know, since I won it. Guys, I think we should hold hands right now. Here. Let's, let's, yep. let's think positively about the intercontinental. I thought title. we were doing a witch. This is kind of like witchcraft. <laughs> That's uh, something for us all to enjoy outside of the authority. It's worth it. It's worth it. This weird convergence of events happened in early 2014. Huh. One is Batista returns and wins the Royal Rumble, and he gets booed. Because everybody wants Daniel Bryan yeah, to win Paul the Lamb. Rumble. We didn't know yeah. he was the internet savior at that point. We didn't know he was going right. to come out and defend yeah, democracy and the, just the, the film industry at that point. Now, that Royal Rumble was also the last ever appearance in WWE until later. Well, I don't count the Fox stuff, but of CM Punk. He walks out on the company the very next day and he mm. is gone. So now you have two huge options for for WrestleMania. One nobody likes, the other one nobody can see anymore. At this point Orton has both of the belts. And we get the moment where Daniel Bryan and a bunch of actual real fans and definitely not people who were paid came in in t-shirts and occupied Raw refusing to leave until he got a match with Triple H which if he won would put him into the main event and turn turn that from two dudes to three dudes. We are not going to take oh, look, it anymore. Look, look we are one. We stand together. We are united. And we Where's are it? not going Where's to leave this place until the authority gives us what we want. Where's Isn't the freaking right? police? Isn't that right? Yeah. I'd have done it for a t-shirt. Well, and again, the first time that that happened, it was organic. We have to say yeah. that. Like the first time that happened when it was at the unification ceremony, that was just a bunch of, because Seattle fans, we become Chicago when it comes to dudes that, that are our dudes. Mm -hmm. We're not any better or worse than Chicago. I will say that. Like every time we always make fun of Chicago, but we are just as bad, but it's only because no one pays attention to us and we don't have our own basketball team <laughs> and our baseball team sucks and our football team only recently got good. So we don't have a lot. Um, <laughs> but the Occupy Daniel Bryan stuff. I thought that stuff was fun. Like it was definitely, it felt like it was in the spirit of it, but it was definitely just like a bunch of dudes from local gyms, right? Well, I think it's just a bunch of extras. Yeah. You know, I believe the snack stands were not open. I think concessions were closed for 15 minutes. You know, it was like round up <laughs> some folks and bring them in. But I will say that Seattle, I watched the, the Seattle um, clips. I don't know if anyone knows this, Danielle, but were you, were you there that day? You know, oh. I never talk about this. Um, I don't think anyone knows about this, but I was there that no day way. when that happened. What a coincidence. I know, that's crazy. What a coinky dick. Yeah, I watched it mainly just looking out for you 
Uh, and I was in a box. A bunch of us rented boxes like assholes, and I stole all the toilet paper because I was poor. Well done. Well, <laughs> nicely done. That's why you. Would, why else would you do it? Um, but I rewatched it, and I I have to say this is not Daniel Bryan. It's Daniel Bryan adjacent. But John Cena in that segment is why John Cena is John Cena. And if you haven't watched yes. it or if you haven't seen it in a while and you want to go back and see someone manage a crowd and see why that man earns every penny and is owed every penny that he makes, oh my God, I've never seen anything so masterful. And I don't remember thinking it was that good at the time because I was so wanting Daniel Bryan to get them. You know, I didn't want to see John Cena in this match. I wanted to see Daniel Bryan get a shot at Randy Orton. And... It's insane when you watch it now. Obviously, the crowd is going nuts for Brian. Mm-hmm. You only have to look at the expressions on all the wrestlers in the ring's faces. That is amazing how they just start losing it. And no one is getting annoyed that the crowd is going into business for Daniel Bryan. Everyone's just super pumped for Daniel Bryan. Punk's face is a treat oh, Punk throughout. Is like, Punk oh. is so... Punk looks like Hillary Clinton looking at balloons. Yeah, Punk, Punk is so <laughs> excited. Punk's mad he had to be there and then he's so pleased that he showed up. Like, he's fully yeah. just like, I yeah. was gonna leave early. Fuck you guys. And then he was like, no, this was worth sticking around for. Uh, he's so happy. Brett, Brett Hart looks like he's fucking about to do a jig of joy. Like, Hart Halfway yeah. through, it's just amazing. But to watch John Cena take that crowd and manage them and get them on his side and turn it into a this is why you suck, Randy, instead of a please stop telling us we all suck. The, the way he masterfully manipulates that crowd is just incredible. And I couldn't get over it. I And he did that all on the fly, obviously, because yeah. he was yeah. using the crowd energy. Like Randy, to his credit powered through with his promo and did the whole promo without acknowledging well. the crowd. And he did yeah. really well. But halfway through, you're like, Randy, you're going to have to say something. Like, Randy, you, you have to you've do something. You've got to tell him to shut up or something. Um, and he didn't. He just powered through. But for John Cena to use the love for Daniel Bryan and bring Daniel Bryan into the conversation was so good. You hear that? The reason they cheer for him is because he works and he earns it. A guy like you has been given every single thing in the WWE. Anyway. Anyway, Daniel oh. Bryan. He was there too. Let me cool off for yeah. a second Never there. seen anyone look so happy. He looked happier during that promo than he did when he won and on his wedding day. So I just really <laughs> felt like it was worth like, giving it a minute because that man, like the happiest little look on his face, just magic. When we finally got to Nolan's for WrestleMania 30, Danny Bryan beats Triple H, then goes on to win both titles, injuring himself in the process. But the, that actual... The actual story of that night of him making it to that main event and him winning is just fantastic. Yeah, no, I cried. I cried big old bucket tears um, that this was I like the first WrestleMania where I watched it with friends because I would like to just move to L.A., fresh to L.A., was living with a couple of marks that were comics. And we just like sat there like drinking Miller High Life's 
and eating Little Caesars pizza um, and just like watching it. Yeah, I know. Trash. It's the, it's the uh, way. It is the way of our people. So it is the I, way I'm, I'm acknowledging the it. That was yeah. the nod was an acknowledgement that this is the official food of our people. Yeah. And just like sitting there. And I think my ex was there at the time. And then just like watching it and watching it happen and watching him win that first match and being and still not knowing if he was going to pull it through for the second match. Yeah. And then him pulling it through and you still not believing it until the goddamn like I didn't believe it until the ticker tape came down. Yeah. Like I did not believe it until it came down. There's no guarantee. I don't believe there's ever a guarantee in wrestling and especially WWE. I don't know that they're going to give me the thing that they've said they're going to give me because so many times they haven't. And not only in small shows, like it's not only weeklies, like there are plenty of WrestleManias and SummerSlams and major moments where it's been like, wait, what? WrestleMania, the next WrestleMania at New Orleans, like I was at both and WrestleMania 30 was one of the single greatest moments of my entire life because it was just 80,000 people completely unified, completely unified in joy. And it was one of the most intense experiences I can, I can only hope that everyone gets to experience something so wonderful to have all of human emotion on the spectrum represented in one moment and it all be positive. It was beautiful. Then WrestleMania 34 at the end and everyone was like, wait, what? Uh, what? Right. And now we have to walk home. And if you want to go back and relive any of that, like we always talk about how good their post team is and how good they are at putting together like those, like the, the things that encapsulate, like, I don't know what, I forget what they're called. There's a packages, how good those packages are like showing it. Please. I know I make fun of it. I know it's a monster, a monster. I know I make fun of it. I know it's what it is, but that does such a good job of making you at the end of it, you will have chills and you yeah. will be ready yeah. to watch Daniel Bryan. Like, if you can't watch all of it and if you want to just watch like like wrestlemania 30 go back and watch that package before that match started and i promise you you will be primed and fucking ready like one thing wwe does very well and their post team does very well is put together those packages that make you even if you don't like the angle you look at it and you're like that's what the fuck that was because that wasn't what i saw on my tv every week (laughs) here i stand unbroken with these people behind me. They don't have the power, we have the power. There is no yes movement. Chills. Uh, chills again, this chills again, chills again. This is the chills again. episode, this is the chills <laughs> episode. And it's 90 degrees right now. Like most of, <laughs> like most of us here are not wearing sleeves. <laughs> Some of us aren't wearing pants, but we'll keep that to ourselves. <laughs> I'm wearing the shortest dress I have in my arsenal right now. <laughs> now, Daniel has had a storied career since that moment, despite his real life medical scares, taking him out for a year plus each time. And of the things he's done, I got my two, actually, I think my favorite match that that I've seen of his, and all the Planets Champion stuff was amazing. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. All the eco-warrior, like, that stuff was, like, so good. Because it it comes from him. That's, like, who that dude is. He tried to make like a gray water toilet and he tried to make and, and the Bellas were like, no, we're, we're having kids. We're not dealing with gray water on this farm or whatever this is. Like the best things come from deep inside of who someone is. And like, he's not necessarily wrong. So yeah, Planets Champion, Eco Warrior, Daniel Bryan he's was going to be the one that I said. Absolutely going to be the person 
woman at brunch who explains to you why you should be plant-based because of the dairy industry. Like, he is going to go oh. into mm-hmm. detail, detail while you're trying to eat your sandwich. Like, he's going to do it, which is why it was such a good character, because it was so <laughs> painfully true. Yeah. As great as that was, just before that, when he essentially stole the title to wrestle uh, Brock at Survivor Series... That match is so good. It's so, so good. sneaky good. The yeah. entire story of it is, I encourage you to go back and watch it just to see the essence of that character, of how smart he was Yeah. in, in mm. the story of him essentially playing possum to wear Brock out and then almost beat him is just masterful on yeah. both, like both guys just... Yeah showed up ready to go and it is it is i think one of the unsung heroes of his career yeah that that match in paul WWE, Heyman did him such a solid in that run up too paul Heyman sold him as like this is the guy who could be the person to beat the beast and i think one of my favorite things about daniel bryan is they've never dumbed him down they've never asked him to be less Mm-mm. than like he has mm-hmm. always been allowed to operate at the top of his intelligence and maybe higher than he that he or maybe he thinks he's smarter than he is i don't know i've seen that <laughs> dinner for three um i've seen a lot of turtle bellas he definitely credits himself as someone of a high intellect um but i don't think they allow wrestlers to do that very often unless Literally, your character is, I'm a very clever person and you're a dummy baby. Um, and he never did that. He was just like, I'm really smart and I'm really good. And let's just do this thing. And I think that's yeah. to his credit, to that character's credit, because it gives him a level of respect that you can't help but have for him. Absolutely. If we've seen the last of him in WWE, do you look forward to him wrestling more? Does it feel like it's time to stop before you become Apollo Creed in Rocky IV? I want to see him do one more, and by one more, I mean two years tops, one more run where he gets to do all of the last, like I want him to do, because he feels like he wants to do one last of all of the big things. Mm -hmm. He's going to want to do a Wrestle Kingdom. I want to see that. He's going to want to do one last PWG. I want to see that. He's going to want to do, even if he winds up going to AEW, that's, you know, but I do... I, I want to see one last run. Like, look, at the end of the day, I don't want anyone to stop doing what they love, you know, on my account. But I definitely am like, it's probably time for you to give it up because your neck is made of toothpicks, buddy. Um, it's probably like, I don't know why I did Mickey voice. Um, <laughs> it just, it goes down easier. It just does. It goes, your neck is made of toothpicks. And your brain is Swiss cheese. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agree. I, 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 I don't. So I, as a huge fan, I speaking as a huge Daniel Bryan fan, I do not need to see him wrestle anymore. I feel like I've seen everything I need to see. The idea of seeing him in the G1 both thrills and terrifies me. Like if he Mm. shows up in the G1, I will be petrified for him because it will kill him. He has had so many concussions. He has had so many injuries, so many surgeries. It's not for the faint of heart. It routinely breaks the best of wrestlers. And I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sort of petrified. Also saying I want him to have what he wants. I don't know if he will ever have enough. You know, he said he was a guy who when he was out, he was out. He said that routinely in podcasts before he had to leave. 
And then he did have to leave and it turned out he did not feel that way. It turned out when he actually reached that stable door, he kicked it open, which I I totally get because who knows how you will feel when you actually come up against that dilemma where it's like, do you retire or do you just carry on going on? I'm really scared that he's going to get hurt. I am too. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? But, you know, obviously somebody who wants to end his career on his terms. And hopefully that's something he is able to do. If you want to talk more about Daniel Bryan and what's next and what has been, go to our social media accounts via the links in our show notes. When we come back, we've got three things from the world of wrestling that you should know about. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Tights and Fights. <laughs> After dark. <laughs> Video games. Video games. Video games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. <laughs> In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases to scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work to fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Shire. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye! Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Daniel Radford. And... Lindsay Kilk. Is that me? Is that how I sound right now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all the time. Did you not know? Did you never listen to yourself back on tape? You have a very deep voice. Why would I do that? Why would I ever... See, when I hear my voice, I hear, Hi, everybody, it's Tights and Fights. I'm Hal. Now you have, you have also, very marketable. <clears throat> yes. This week we want to end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling <laughs> with you. This is the three count. Danielle, what do you want to put over? Man, you had on Sexy Hell for a while. I almost made Julian put on the Sexy Hell song. Uh, <laughs> we haven't done that in a minute. Wait, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Play, play it, play it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're just going to put some stuff over for you real quick. What did you enjoy in wrestling this week? We're all ears. (laughs) Hanging out at the Performance Center right now. All these rings. You want to roll around? That means wrestle. It's not anything sexual at all. Look at these space-age weights we're using. Oh, yeah. It's time for the three count. I don't remember it picking up like this. <laughs> it got real fast, it real quick. It does go, it, it turns into a dance party as you keep going. Yeah. Oh, then we better keep it short. Danielle, what would you like um, to pick it over? I am putting over. over, as always, one of my favorites, um, Xavier Woods. I'm not sure at what point during the show this was, but he popped real big because someone in the front was holding up an up, up, down, down title. Um, It's a really short clip, so we'll just go ahead and play it so you can listen to it in its entirety because it's very charming and it made me really happy. After this, I'm almost done, bro. At some point, I'm not wrestling until I'm 80. So thank you. 
Yeah. So basically it's him like thanking the fan for having his up, up, down, down title and being like, look, I'm not going to wrestle until I'm 80. So I appreciate like he basically appreciates everyone who supports his career outside of wrestling, because let's face it, that's what he's going to be. He's going to be gamer daddy. Like as soon as he's done with this, he's going to he's going to like lean hardcore into gaming. And I'm assuming playing the bass. Um, so <laughs> it's just a that's a, a great clip that I really enjoyed. Um, so I'm putting that over and that is that's it for me. All right. What about you, Lindsay? Honestly, not dealing well with the fact that he's not going to wrestle until he's 80. So I'm like, when he said, I'm almost done, I'm like, oh my God, can we just stop and come back again? Um, it's, that's too much. Uh, yeah, so I am putting over something that happened on Raw and it's not Karrion Cross losing, uh, even though that was pretty great uh, and it was nice to see Keith Lee and they do seem to be committed to just trashing Karrion Cross uh, two and one, you guys, or one and two. I don't know how sports works because this is not that but um i'm putting over the match between charlotte and nikki ash ash cross cross ash ash cross um cross ash cross nikki cross ash cross because uh, i thought it was a really really good match i thought it was an excellent match i thought it was well told i thought charlotte's promo in the middle of the show did such a good job of uh pumping people up for it also credits wwe for main eventing with their women three shows in a row now raw smackdown raw uh fuck yeah and i genuinely just thought it was a really really well told story a really well put together match uh people seem to forget that nikki cross nikki ash is a really fantastic wrestler Hmm. i've seen her wrestle live and she is stellar uh when she she is quick she is just good she is creative she can tell a story. Uh, I was very worried that she had died when they smashed her through the desk, but she seems to have survived. And I just thought it was really, really good and just top tier work from both women. So for anyone that's like, this is just filler until they put it back on Charlotte or until Becky comes back or whatever. I'm like, nope, she's doing amazing work with what she's got. Uh, so much love for Nikki and held her own against Charlotte without a second just without blinking, without even thinking about it. I just really loved the match uh, and I wanted to give it its due. Fantastic. As everybody knows that listens to this, Pod Dad is not just Pod Dad. He's a cool dad. He's into the TikTok. Sheesh. And lately people have been using Stone Cold's entrance music in a variety of ways. The one that we're going to share with you here right now in our show notes, is one from a suburban dad that I thought was real cute. But you know what this theme song sounds like. It goes a little something like this. Good timing on the pool, too. That's it jumped into the pool. <laughs> Oh, suburban dads, you're doing it all. <clears throat> that does it for this episode. And by the way, I didn't realize that you were sharing sound. So when it played, it was a it was actual surprise on my face because I had the <laughs> cursor on a different window. That's awesome. So I didn't get to see. What a what a fun moment. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk and Danielle Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin, who you can find on the internet at Hal Lublin everywhere. Project's coming out next year. Can't talk about it yet, but it's happening. Stay tuned. And also, Sixers, let's get it going. I believe in you. 2022 NBA championships. Maybe. Probably not. Mm. Danielle? What's that like, having an NBA team? 
Sounds It's real good. I miss cool. the Supersonics just like you do. I do miss them. I'm I'm mad like you're mad. I share oh, your anger. So mad. Just the normal stuff. Find me on uh, my Twitter, Daniel Radford, on my Instagram, Daniel underscore Radford. Um, the Agretzko book, I think you can still get that. I don't think it's completely sold out yet, but it's the Agretzko Meet Her World number three. You can pick that up. Um, also, if you like um, RPGs, check out, we finished up the season of Dimension 20 that I was on called Misfits and Magic. That was a lot of fun. And, you know, watch the Monash trailers. I help write them. People like them. That's it for me. Lindsay? Yes, um, I'm on the internet all the time. This is all the time, literally <laughs> all the time. Somebody posted a meme today that said, if I watch your Instagram story one minute after you post it, I swear I'm not obsessed with you. I'm only obsessed with my phone. And it hurt me. It hurt me inside because truly I am on the internet all the time. So at Lindsay Kelk, come say hi. Uh, talk about books, talk about wrestling. Them's the things I do. We should chat about them. Our producer, Julian Burrell, is the leader of the chest movement because he works out a lot. What are you benching, Julian? Don't tell me. I bet it's 500 plus. Five bills for our producer, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of those are in our show notes. If you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fund members who make this show possible. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, Rasslin. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Bites. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.